Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512-836-0590, pound 590 on your wireless, or toll-free 1-877-590-KLBJ. Hello, good morning. Cheryl McLaughlin here, as you heard, messing with the microphone. There it goes. It'll stay, hopefully. Um, how's everybody doing today? I'm sure we have the same <laughs> complaints. All of us do. It's just getting so old. But thank God it's September because at least there's hope. Um, anyway, I just want to encourage you to, uh, if you have any landscape projects, to consider Kevin Wood Landscapes as your company that will come in and do all the design and build that you want using primarily native Texas plants and well-adapted plants to this area. They can do all your irrigation, your lighting, your deck, patios, water features, whatever you want. Um, so go to kevinwoodlandscapes.com, and there's a contact page there, and you can look at the pictures and stuff, and um, hopefully you'll give plenty of notice because all the good landscape companies need that. If you want something done this fall, you got to be planning it now. And let's just pray that we have a better fall than we've had summer because... Uh, you know, it's just it's just desperate. It's so hard to see uh, the roadsides and what's happening to all the trees and the plants. It's just terrible. Um, and yeah, hopefully some good rain will come. Maybe we'll get a hurricane. Hopefully non-destructive, but real rainy hurricane. Um, that's about our best hope. Um, but today we can talk about whatever y'all want to talk about. You may have questions, and you know, just because it's miserable today doesn't mean we're not going to get into planting season here before you know it. Um, so here are the numbers to call. You can call or text 512-836-0590. Uh, we also have a toll-free line, 877 so again, 512-836-0590 or 877-590-5525. Um, I, I've noticed that now that we're down to one day a week watering, my yard is looking like it's not getting any water. I mean, it just, it just doesn't even seem to affect it very much. Um, so... Yes, a lot of things are turning brown. I heard the question about the Gulf muley being cut back. If all those leaves are dead on the plant, you can cut them back. Um, now, since Gulf muley is a fall bloomer, we would hope that they would come back and go ahead and produce. You know, it'll just depend on the weather. Uh, but I'm wondering what's going to happen with all the trees that defoliate. Are we going to get enough rain are they gonna leaf back out or are they gonna say dude it's almost fall i'm not gonna bother you know this is a, a, gonna be the question uh that that i think you know again we're gonna learn from this but i don't know i really don't know and i'll tell you don't let your trees die i mean just don't let your trees die um give them 
very efficient, deep soakings, um, and you know, try to keep your shade canopy going. It's better to sacrifice St. Augustine than your trees. Okay, 512-836-0590. Call or text. Let's go to the phone lines. Lorraine and Austin, how you doing? Oh, hi. hi. Um, I want to ask you about Desert Willow. Yeah. I I work at the on the UT campus, and I just this tree just came to. I guess it's a small tree, not a shrub. Just came to my attention, and I I feel like I I've lived here a long time, but I only just noticed it. And what I read about it is it should be good for this area. And I, I wonder what 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 do you recommend concerning desert willow? Oh, they're excellent, really good for this area. Um, they in the winter they lose their leaves and they look like just a bunch of sticks. You know they don't they're not pretty at all or really very structural. However, uh, they're just beautiful bloomers and they are native to Texas, typically farther west. Uh, of here, I've seen them driving out to West Texas before. I've seen them in bar ditches and places like that. So, oh, wow. yeah. So I'd have yeah. one if I were you. There's a really nice one called Burgundy Storm. So that, there's some good cultivars. That's. I wasn't very clear on what I was saying about working at UT, but there's some new, a new area, and that's what I noticed is these, these uh, burgundy, burgundy flowers, yeah. really pretty. Yeah. So they. What uh, what I've read about them is that maybe do maybe deer do eat them. What we have deer here is, is that a problem? I don't think that's a big problem. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember if I've had that issue with desert willow. They have a very citrusy kind of smell, and I would assume taste. But whenever you have deer pressure in your area and you plant a new plant, even if it's going to be deer resistant, uh, you need to protect it for at least three weeks because it needs to get its its sap up. Because in the nurseries, you know, they're constantly fertilizing and watering them and they're just full of, you know, moisture and carbohydrates and the deer will eat almost anything the first three weeks. Even if, again, once it gets its sap up, it's going to be deer resistant. Maybe somebody will text me um, and remind me about the. But I don't. I don't think they do eat desert willow. I really don't. But maybe I'm wrong. Somebody will keep listening though, because somebody will give me the heads up if if uh, you know. I'm pretty sure about certain things, but for one, for some reason, I can. But I can sure see them eating it when it's brand new. So that means you're gonna have to spray it or fence it or you know some way to let it get. And then once it gets up uh, tall enough, you know, deer are just about every one of them three feet from their chest to the tip of their mouth. So three we- three feet, that you know, that's kind of above that is sort of the safe zone. Okay. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate you. You are help. quite welcome. Okay. All right. Bye. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Okay, 512-836-0590. Yeah, they are doing really well. There's one of my daughter's neighborhood uh, about a block away from her house that I drive by all the time. And it is and now they are watering, you can tell, because their yard is green. But that desert willow is just gorgeous, and it is just in full bloom. And haven't the Pride of Barbados proven themselves this year? My gosh, 
they are just killing it, even in all this heat. So that's definitely one on the list for really good drought resistance. Um, I mountain laurels are hanging in there just fine. Of course, those thick leathery leaves, they don't transpire as much. Um, all the stuff that has big, nice leaves are, are suffering, you know, big, thin leaves. Uh, but the, the real thick leaf things like, you know, live oaks and mountain laurels and stuff, they're, they're really doing well. They're kind of showing their hardiness, uh, if you will. And that's because, you know, they're well adapted. Uh, but there are other native plants that aren't faring quite as well. Uh, the salvia gregiis that aren't getting water are going dormant. And I think they'll probably come back. Uh, typically, they are protecting themselves. They're going dormant. A lot of native plants will do that, as we've said before. So you can uh, typically count on them. But anything that's got dead leaves and dead branches can be uh, cut back just so it won't look so ugly. My yard needs a big cleanup uh, right now. I've got a lot of stuff that just didn't survive. The big pokeweed that I just love uh, is toast, is completely dead, or at least on the top it is. I hope it's not, but I noticed today my little new gold lantana had some blooms on it, so maybe that's good. Maybe it'll it'll hang in there. So, all right, 512-836-0590. You can call or text that number. And again, if anybody has a desert willow that lives in deer country, let me know if they ate yours or not. Uh, that's something I, I can't remember for some reason. Okay, let's get that first break going on, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back and we're waiting for your calls and texts here at, on the Austin Gardener, 512 836 Call or text. And we have the toll free line, which is 877 590 5525. I was looking at an earlier text uh, that Jeff got, uh, and it says, I have a property with a front yard with nothing in it. I'm thinking that maybe late September or October, I'll plant one or two of these Texas persimmons. From what I read, they're native, drought tolerant, critters like them. What do you think? Thanks. Um, yeah, you know, the coolest thing about a Texas persimmon is the culture, the um, sculptural quality of it it gets it has exfoliating bark like crepe myrtles and as it gets older it gets you know just more and more sculptural but the thing to remember with the texas persimmon is there are male and female so you want to be sure that the one you get is a female so that you get the little persimmon fruits those little dark persimmons that uh that come on you know, and, and do feed wildlife. A lot of things love them. They're not that great for humans. They're mostly, they're a lot of seed and not that much pulp, but they are they are tasty. I mean, uh, so, uh, yeah. Okay, let's look at this text here. It says, uh, 
Deer have not eaten our desert willow, but did use the trunk for rubbing antlers. Yep, I've thought, and you know what? They'll do that on a persimmon, and they, for some reason, love to do that on sumac. I guess there's little bumpies on it. There's there's just something about it. But, yeah, you know, there are things you can put around the trunks, uh, loose-fitting. They look kind of like pipe, you know, leaky pipe or something. If you do have deer, that'll keep them from, you know, completely destroying uh, the trunk of the tree. And, and if you are trying to establish a young tree, you really probably need to do that if you've got a lot of deer pressure. Um Let's see. Uh, here's another text with a photo that says, um, my name is John. Any idea what this is? I'm about 30 miles south of Waco. Well, I'll tell you, I, it's not a good close-up, and I can't enlarge the photo on this, this app that we use, but it looks to me like a Palo Verde. Um, very fine leafed, which is another one that's extremely drought resistant. Palo Verde, it's got green trunks and very thin bladed leaves, you know, that tr don't transpire much. And they get beautiful yellow flowers. So I think that that's probably, that's what this looks like as well as I can see it. I can't really tell if the trunks are green. Uh, but those leaves, when I'm looking at there, it looks like Palo Verde. And yeah, it's native. So very drought resistant too. I, I'll tell you what I love about them. And I've used them in designs many times. Uh, is that they're a way to get a big splash of color without a big blocking view. You know what I'm saying? Like they're wispy, they're airy. Um, and they don't just like, like, they're not good for screening. I mean, that's the whole point. But they are beautiful and uh, flowy and, you know, like I said, airy with these beautiful yellow flowers. They have come up with a thornless variety, too. Um, so that might be something, if you want to buy one, that you might want to look at is the thornless Palo Verde. I'm trying to think there's another name for them. Uh, some people will call them Rotama, but... Frankly, the, those are technically two different plants. Uh, have you ever tried either of these products for new plantings or potted plants? One is called Soil Vigor, and the other one is called Soil Moist. Reduces plant watering. Uh, let's see here. Over... 50% in baskets. Okay, so what this second one is, a soil moisture, it's, and I don't know the exact uh, thing that it's made out of, but what it does is it's it's got these little, these little pellets or granules or something. They may be, um, they may be plastic, but I'm not positive about that. Anyway, they turn into a gel-like thing when they're watered, and they hold plants they hold water in the plant soil. So I would say yes, for sure, uh, for, for potted plants, absolutely, this would probably be a really good idea, unless you got something that's super drought resistant that doesn't wanna, uh, you know, actually have wet roots. 
But, you know, most of the things in pods, we're, we have to water them, all those little colorful baskets and stuff. I think that would be a good idea. As to the one called Soil Vigor, um, oh, Crystal something in there. Oh, I think this is the back of the same product. Okay, again, I can't enlarge it, so I can't really read the small print on here. Um, but, yeah, the, the, again, the only caveat would be if you have something that's real drought-resistant and you put a lot of this stuff in the soil around it, you do have maybe a chance of it staying too wet. But I'll tell you, uh, I think it's worth a try, uh, especially if it's like a, a, a plant that, that really likes water. Okay, here's another text. Is there a lawn service that will vacuum along a lawn to get rid of goat heads? My shoes get coated with them. My dogs get them too, and they hurt. I do not know if there is such a thing as a lawn service that will vacuum a lawn. What a great idea, though. I mean, you know, you see those trucks that do uh, hydro mulching. I wonder if they can, like, reverse that and turn it into a giant vacuum. That would be interesting. Dang, what a great idea. Um, I guess, you know, you could consider a bagging, uh, a bagging mower. That would be one way to get rid of a lot of that stuff. Um, and I always tell people that you can take something you don't care about, an old blanket or old beach towels or something like that, and you can literally drag it around the yard and uh, capture those stickers in that uh, fabric. And you can get rid of a lot of them that way. You can also try pre-emergence to keep the, the um, seeds that are set down there from germinating. And you never let them go to seed, right? So that's just maintenance. So it's like mowing. Uh, so just never let them go to seed and uh, try to – I read that in a book about uh, organic, old-timey uh, farming techniques. And the farmers would do that. They would attach a blanket or something behind their tractor and uh, go up and down the rows to collect the stickers. But if anybody knows if there's a giant vacuum service, that would be awesome. Let's see. Here's another one. Hi, Cheryl. When do you recommend to start fertilizing lawns, shrubs, and trees given the very hot weather? Thanks, Jack. Not anytime soon. Not anytime soon. We must get a break in the weather before we start doing that. And so that's, that's going to be your key. If we get some good rain... Uh, and the plants start to perk up again, then maybe late September, early October would be what I'd be looking at. Now, a lot of people like to fertilize their grass in the uh, fall. They call it like winterizing or something like that. I'm not a big fan of fertilizing stuff late in fall just because you don't want to get stuff with a lot of tender growth right before winter, you know, just in case we get an early freeze and who knows what these winters are going to be. Uh, 
what these winners are going to be like. Uh, but, yeah, definitely no point fertilizing now. You can do, I mean, if you have container plants, maybe, you know, maybe do some some uh, fertilizing on your container plants, but not the, not the landscape plants, not right now. First of all, fertilizer just disappears instantly in these kinds of uh, temperatures. But you also, again, don't want to encourage new growth when we can't really water it. So wait for the weather to change. You know, when I was growing up in New Braunfels, we always had uh, the county fair, and it's to this day still goes on um, t- towards the end of September. I think it was the third week in September, fourth week. And I cannot tell you how many years I can remember as a young person going to the fair wearing shorts in the morning and having to go home and change into jeans uh, later in the day because we got a front. So it typically will get fronts starting at least around the third week of September. So let's cross our fingers and hope that there's somewhat of a a chance. Um, Oh, here's a pretty picture. Hey, good morning, Cheryl. I I just wanted to share a picture of my Texas sage. The forecasters have no rain predicted anytime soon, but my Texas sage begs to differ. (laughs) I live in Blanco County. Love your show. Yeah, this sage is in full gorgeous bloom. Now, one thing about Texas sage that I've always said and I've always noticed all these years is that typically the end of September, they do a spectacular bloom. But we're not at the end of September. We're at the 1st of September. So maybe they do have something. Maybe they're sensing something that we're not. Um, I don't know there, if there's a chance of rain. I haven't seen anything mentioning that. But I hope your sage is right, man. It would be so cool if it was. Okay, let's see here. Let's see, get one more text in before the news. Um, let's see here. Oh, <laughs> you can rent a gas-powered Billy Goat lawn vacuum. Oh, maybe that's a real thing. You can rent a gas-powered Billy Goat lawn vacuum for that guy with the stickers. Oh, thank you for this information. I'll be darned. A lawn vacuum for stickers. Oh, man, that's a game-changer. Total game-changer. Think of the stuff you can pick up with these lawn vacuums. I mean, in the way of uh, weed seeds and all kind of stuff that's just laying around. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, dude, go rent one of them and get those stickers out of there. But the thing is, you got to keep them from coming back, right? Okay, time for the news. We'll be back after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. All right, we are back. And again, 512-836-0590. Call or text. Let's go to the phone lines. John, East Austin, thanks for waiting. It's your turn. Yes, ma'am. How are you doing this morning? Good, good, good. What's up? I heard you talking about the billy goat. I hadn't heard that name in a long time. Um, 
about the uh, getting the sticker burrows, I think, out of the out of the yard. Yeah. Yeah, we used to use those. I've been doing landscaping commercially for the last 20 years. Uh, the company I used to work for used to have one of them. They're going to be real hard to find. None of the big box stores are going to have them for rent. Um, but a place like John's Rentals, maybe on Pond Springs Road, a smaller store might have them. Mm-hmm. They're green mm-hmm. and white. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with them. I'm not. Um, um, and we didn't do maintenance. It's a... It's a, uh, it's kind of like, they look kind of like a brush hog uh, where they have two wheels and you basically push it and it's got a bag that they're green and it has a white bag that attaches to the back of it. And it kind of acts as the, uh, basically like a giant uh, vacuum and uh, you just push it around the yard and it'll suck up everything. Um, that's going to be the hardest thing is it will work. It's just it's finding one is going to be the trick. Got it. Got it. Well, did you find them to be effective at this sort of thing? Yeah, we, we mainly use them for leaves. Oh, uh, uh-huh. but they definitely, yeah, they definitely do have enough power for the sticker barrels and they have kind of like a rake type thing on the front of them. Uh, and that helps kind of like a, almost like a detacher kind of on the front. Cool. And so, you know, that, that kind of helps with the uh, with those, but I've never used it for that exact purpose. But that will definitely do it. It's just the hard thing is just going to be finding one. I'm so. so glad you called. I want one. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Yeah, well, I don't we, have stickers or anything, we, uh, but it sounds fun. I hadn't seen one in ten years, and we sold the only one we had uh, about eight years ago, and I hadn't seen one since. So, but they're green and white. Uh, I know exactly what they what they are and what they look like. So. Well, thank you for that great input. I really appreciate it. I hope that gentleman can find one. Maybe I should sell them <laughs> or at least advertise for him. Huh? <laughs> All right. Thanks, John. Yeah, probably, yes, ma'am. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go to Central Austin. Hello, Neil. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Cheryl. Hey, yeah. listen, I, I'm doing a remodel, and I was looking through, and the city will now actually give you 150 bucks um, for partially plumbing your uh, gray water. Mm. And I, there, without getting into the details of the, the thing, I'm going for a slightly bigger system where I can pull off of the bathtub uh, and shower. And so technically I can get the gray water, think about um, gravity flow. But then the question is, is okay, what plants? And so, so the general setup on the gray water is um, you run it, and then you let it drip a couple of inches, and you and you let it drip into a mulch field, and then the plants, you know, butt up against the mulch field. And I was thinking, well, okay, so then what do I put in it? So I've got, you know, I've got um, salvias everywhere, but I guess I could, I could have mulch trenches. Anyway, I question for you is, do you know any people doing gray water? And if they do gray water, then what do they grow? And then how do you, other than turning it, I guess turning it on and off, how do you not? wreck your plants and get them the right well, amount of can water. You, can you then turn it off? I mean, or... Yeah, or... yeah, you can turn it off. So there's a there's a three-way valve, and you can actually... I, I think we're going to put in a three-way electric valve, so it'll either go to the sewer or go to the outside. Yeah, because I was just thinking that's going to generate a lot of water if you're doing the shower and stuff as well. <laughs> you know, really a lot of water. Yeah, so, you know, that might be really great for things like trees, I think it might not be great for many of the native Texas plants to have continuous uh, gray water irrigation. 
I don't know if you can use it on vegetables. Uh, if you do it underground, maybe they used to make you put it underground. And yeah, so the, the, the drill is that you, they, they want two or three inches of, of free fall, but then they want it to go underground, basically. So yeah. You can, so hopefully downhill of that would be yeah, yeah you know yeah. your your planting zone. I mean, I, trees, I probably you, fruit trees like live oak kind of trees or oh yeah that. Definitely. Okay. A live oak will take it. A bur oak will take it. Almost all the trees would take it. Um, it's things like cottonwood, my favorite, sycamore, you know, stuff that you might see along the rivers. And, uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Cypress. Fruit trees? Yeah, fruit trees, cypress trees. I think all of them would love it. Because, you know, that's, okay. they'll, they'll soak up a lot of water compared to a salvia, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. The salvias, I figured I'd probably just kill them, even if I even I watched it. So okay. Yeah. And and you can still turn it off, so I can monitor the I can monitor the depth by digging into it. Well, that's true. And if it's raining like crazy, you know, you may have to turn it off sometime. But good for yeah, you. I, think- I love the idea. I love it. I mean, when I was growing up, we had a <laughs> we had a, it was fairly primitive, although it was you know fairly new house, but it. Our washing machine just emptied out out into the yard, you know, out in the side yard, and it, I didn't see any problems with it really. Well, and and, and just for people listening, that they're, they're encouraging that the washing machine's the easiest because it's easy. It's up a little bit, and you can punch through the wall, and you can put a three-way valve in. And um, I don't know what the TCEQ regs are, but the city is the city is encouraging, and you can find it on the the city rebate side. So. Well, it you know, sure would come in handy now, wouldn't it? Sure would. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your input, and good luck with that. Keep me posted. Will do. Thank you. Take All right. Bye bye. Bye. Okay. Let's uh, let's get started with Gloria. Although I'm going to have to, I may have to hold you over, Gloria in San Marcos. What's going on with you today? Uh, about a tree that was brown on the top. Um, and I, I've got a live oak that I was so proud of. I, you, <laughs> I, I it's been in the ground for at least three years, and it was you know well over six feet tall, and and almost overnight it just turned brown. And there's a little bit of green, I mean, very sparingly towards the bottom of part of the tree. Mm. Can I? And 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 the twigs are you know Brittle. are dead. It but may be a goner, Gloria, but all you can do is soak the dickens out of it, deep water. It wasn't getting enough deep water, you know. And okay. so you got to make sure you soak it really deeply and see. It may relief. It just might. You never know. But it could also have be, you know, to have been too much for it. i got to go do a break. Do you want to hold or do you want to go? Well, I was just uh, the question about can I cut the top off? Like no, 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 no. Uh-uh. You'll ruin it. it. It'll never. I'll address it after the uh, break a little bit more. How's that? Okay, okay. Thank Bye. you, sweetie. Bye bye. All right, we'll be back. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ five ninety AM and ninety nine point seven FM. Okay, we are back, and we still have 10 minutes, so if you want to call or text 512-836-0590, I will um, just finish what I was talking about with that lady with the, the young oak tree that she feels like the live oak that 
uh, the all the top is brittle and dry. And I told her to deep water it, and she asked, she could she cut it back? And the thing is, that that leader, that main trunk leader, will never grow back. So I guess you could end up with sort of a sprangly bush kind of thing. Um, but I would not cut the top off the live oak until I did some deep watering and gave it a chance uh, to come back out. It doesn't sound like a good situation. It sounds to me like maybe she did lose that little tree because you can't just let these little trees go. I mean, you got to really, really get them established for at least three Three years or more. I think she'd had hers at least that long, though. Okay, here's a text. Hi, Cheryl. Can I use something on my very sad lantanas outside the gate? Butterflies can't eat. Uh, I'm planting seaweed drenches. Um, yeah, I don't think it, that would hurt us a, a, a thing, you know. It's just like whether you can water them or not. Um you know, to to generate some more flowers on there. I mean, I guess you could lug water down there. Um, but, yeah, they probably would benefit from seaweed. Almost anything will. Almost anything will benefit from seaweed drenches. So, okay, here's another quick test, and we're going to go back to the phone lines. Ritama is the other name for Palo Verde. Yeah, I looked it up Um I was taught that there were two different species uh, back in the dark ages when I was taking botany. So there may be one that's more like, uh, you know, something that's in far south Texas or whatever. But around here, that's that's the same thing. Rintama, Palo Verde, you're absolutely right. All right, let's go somewhere in Austin. Jamie, how you doing? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. Hi. What's up? Well, I have a problem. Um, I have some really nice manicured. I, I probably have about 32 boxwoods around my property. And recently I've noticed, like within the last two weeks, um, and I don't know, when I bought the house three years ago, um, they were beautiful and they're still beautiful, but they're like turning a dark chocolate brown in certain areas. And mm-hmm. the leaves are all still there, but I don't know what to do. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you have a lawn service that prunes them? Um, no. I prune them, but I don't prune them very often. I do it um, in the fall, early okay. fall. So you haven't cut on them lately? No. Okay. No, so it's it sounds fall. like sunburn, uh, possibly. Oh, no. Are you watering them at all? Yes. We have a drip line system. Mm-hmm. Well, be sure that drip line... You know, get you need to get a little trowel and kind of penetrate down there along the root zone and make sure that it's dripping enough to keep it wet deep down. Okay. Uh, because we really underestimate how much, uh, a, I mean, we overestimate how much a drip system will put down. That's why I'm not okay. crazy about them. I don't like them. I don't really okay. use them because it, it's just takes so much more water, especially now since we don't have any deep soil moisture. Uh, but that could be your, your situation. So the first thing I'd do is get me a little trowel and go down in there and see if I can uh, get a few inches down and see what the soil feels like down there. Okay. 
and then you know go from there because I it sounds to me like it's just getting a little bit burned. Okay. Okay. Is it a good thing that they're not yellow? Yeah, I mean, it could be. Uh, there's also, you know, the remote possibility that they're being overwatered, which I doubt highly. Right. Um, right. But, um, yeah, and the most common thing with boxwood, and that's why I asked you that first about the um, pruning, is because a lot of times they're improperly pruned, and then they'll start getting these big dead areas on the sides of them. It's always proper to prune them where they're wider at the bottom than at the top. Uh, okay. This goes for every evergreen hedge because what happens is typically they'll almost do the opposite. You know, they'll go in there and they'll just saw back the sides of them and then they get um, shaded out by the top. So thus, okay. the wider at the bottom. Right. Okay. Well, for this part of the country, when, I mean, am I trimming them at the right time? Uh, yeah, okay. we, we trim typically our evergreen. Now, boxwood can be trimmed lightly throughout the year to keep it in a hedge. Uh, okay. I don't I don't hard prune evergreens in the fall because, if you, I mean, if you needed to take them down, which you wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't think. Right. But, no, I just do it a little bit to keep them round because they are large and they are round. I see, yeah. Well, round is better than rectangular as far as the okay. dieback stuff, so that's not bad. But yeah, okay. uh, typically, if you needed to do a hard cutting on them, that would be the end of February. But light okay. pruning, you know, we just don't want to generate a ton of new growth right before winter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In case we get an got early it. hard freeze, you got all that tender growth on there. Okay. All well, right. I will try to get them more water. Good. I really appreciate it. Sure. Good luck. I hope they recover. All right. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Uh, here's another text. Cheryl, saw this advertised. www.stickerburrroller.com Looks like this might be the real selection solution along with soil improvement. Jeffrey in Southwest Austin. How cool. Well, somebody's come up with it. Uh, a sticker burr roller. Excellent. And yeah, he's right. So you've heard me say this before. Stickers hate nitrogen. So part of getting rid of stickers is um, is improving the nitrogen, which our soils, that's typically what we're the lowest in is nitrogen. And somebody sent me a picture of the lawn vacuum. Yeah, it's cool looking. Looks like you could just roll it all around. Uh, here's another one that says, McCoy's used to sell Billy Goat lawnmowers for brush cutters. Yeah, so maybe check with somebody like that. Um, and here's another one that says, what's this? Uh, oh, hi, this big bush is my knockout rose bush put in in 2009. Should I give it any seaweed or something to help bring it back? The small rose bush I put in last year, is it, and it's struggling. Any ideas? Yeah, so here's the thing. When you are watering a little isolated plant, you have to water more than just the area right around the little baby plant because what happens if the soil a little bit away from it is, you know, dry as a bone, which all our soil is if it's not getting any water, then that dry soil will wick that water right away from the base of that little old plant. So um, you mulch it well, you water it in a, in a good area, a good wide area around it. 
and it'll do better. And the same goes for this big rose. It looks to me like it's, um, you know, really struggling. Um, and I hope you can deep water it because it looks like there's green things around it. So give it a light pruning. Give it some deep soil moisture and you, it'll probably come back for you. But if not, the roots are bound to be alive if you've watered at all. And again, I see green things near it. Um, you can do a light pruning now, but then if you need to, if you find out that these branches are dead around Valentine's Day, you can give it a whack, a real whack job. You know, cut it way back to, to live wood. Can Medina soil activator be applied to St. Augustine in this heat? Yeah, just not at the, during the day. You can you can do it in the evening or something, but you have to water water it in good. So Medina soil activator is microbe food, basically is what it is. It really helps rejuvenate poor soil. I've used it successfully in a lot of cases where I came to a yard that was real damaged. So um, I used it. It has to be done repeatedly. Uh, in order to really beef up the soil microorganisms, but it's a good product. Anything Medina makes is a good product. So, all right, y'all, that's it for me this week. Good luck. Pray for rain. See y'all next Sunday.